Hey guys, welcome to episode number 11 of the Players Lounge, the tennis podcast that focuses on the mental aspect of the game. My name is Jennifer Megan. I am a former professional tennis player and I launched this podcast because I wanted to create a space in which tennis players could find tools and concrete solutions in order to improve their mental performance so they can reach their full potential. As many of you have been watching the US Open this week, and I have to say that I really, really miss the New York City crowd. But I guess we have to be grateful that uh, we've been able to, to watch some tennis. And um, I was watching this match and first round between Karen Kashinov and Yannick Sinner, and I was very interested, to be honest. I, it's not the, the type of match that I will watch or be like, oh, I cannot miss that, miss that match. But what got me really interested in that match is that I didn't know that at the time. But when I started watching uh, at the beginning of the fifth set, Yannick Sinner looked like something was off with him, that maybe he was injured and uh, because he was only playing you know, when he was serving. So usually that's what happens when you're injured or tired and it seemed that it was disturbing Karen Kashinov. There was this uh, very long game at uh, Tool when it seemed that he was going to retire at some point. He even walked towards the net and then he didn't. Then he won that game and then he, he played until the tiebreak of the fifth set. And I even wondered, I said, okay, but was he faking it? Like, was he pretending to be injured and then tried to pull off the win? Uh, I have to be honest, I don't think so. It seemed that something was really wrong with his lower back. But we know that those things happened. Sometimes you have players who fake injuries and they use that as a way to win. And uh, that's why for this uh, episode today, I wanted to talk about quotation mark cheaters because sometimes you hear that people after they lose to this type of players they say oh my gosh i was cheated or or you know not just for the fake injuries but sometimes you hear a lot especially in juniors but he or she was cheating all the time stealing points and yes it happens that's part of the game and we know that this type of things can really really harm your mental performance that's why i want to focus on that today let's get started so I want to talk first about like those fake injuries. And when it comes to fake injuries, I have a story that comes to mind. It was the time when I was playing on tour and I was in uh, Mallorca and I was, um, it's a story I've told several times because I thought it was, uh, it's quite revealing of what fake injuries can, can do to, uh, to a player sometimes when they're not mentally prepared to face those things. So I was in Mallorca playing um, a tournament and I was watching these two young girls and both of them were quite good and um, they were in the third set and uh, so there was one I think was 16 years old and the other one was maybe a bit a bit older but not so much and I mean like I said both of them were really good and the match was pleasant to watch and at some point the youngest one I think uh, fell on the floor and started screaming. I mean, really, it was really bad. Like everyone started to to come to to the court to watch what was happening. She was crying, rolling over. I mean, really, it was it was bad. And I 
thought everyone believed that she was going to retire because the way she was screaming, the way she was crying, there was no way this girl was going back on court. And after a while, I mean, it, it, and we're talking about a break of like maybe 10 minutes, which I don't even know if it's like a lot, but she was, the physio was there and then, and then they were like, okay, maybe you retire. And then she was like, no, I don't want to play. I want to play. I don't want to stop. And okay. So then she goes back on court and first point she start to eye like she cannot move and all of a sudden she start running like she's running like i don't know she's on fire or something she's on every ball chasing everything and this other girl i mean she really thought that the match was over all of a sudden she doesn't know what the hell is going on she had an edge by the way she was leading and then she completely lost the way and ended up losing the match so the younger the youngest one won the match so everyone was like, oh my gosh, she was faking it. Then gets better. She and a friend was a player as well. And I'm talking about maybe 15 minutes after the match or 20 minutes max. They went on a court, on a practice court with the coach or dad. And they trained for another hour. And she was running and she was laughing and like ha 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 gotcha guys and that was that was just terrible but uh i'm not saying that there was this is something uh to do i thought it was like uh really pretty shitty to to do but then she she got the win so for me what i've learned from that watching this was that number one thing when someone is you know having you know playing the fake injury game or is injured or even like if it's legit there is something that number one mistake is do not expect the person to retire and i'm saying that again do not expect the person to retire until they come to the net and say i quit you have to act as if nothing has happened because the moment you start to expect, okay, I play, maybe he or she going to retire in a couple of minutes, you're gone. You're not into the game anymore. You are imagine you're not in, you're not present and you are thinking about something that might happen and subconsciously your intensity tends to tends to to go down a bit. You're not as engaged physically, you're not as engaged mentally. And that's when you start to make mistakes. And when you start making mistakes, you start to second guess yourself. You start to doubt yourself. And then little by little, it starts to completely derail you from your game plan and your strategy. So again, do not expect the person to retire because most of the time, especially if they're faking it, it's not going to happen. So that's, I hope this, you, you understood. And then number two, accept it as if it's a strategy. The reason why I'm saying this is because a lot of times people feel like they've been cheated, that it's unfair. And, and then like, there is this shame also to lose to someone who's injured. The reason why I'm saying that you have to accept it as a strategy is not to say that, okay, this is great to do that. I mean, I will never tell someone to fake an injury to win a match. I mean, I'm completely and 100% against it. However, what I will tell a player, if 
I was coaching someone uh, at the moment, and this is what I've told when I was coaching. You have to accept it as it is. We're not here to discuss the moral, the morality of it. We're here to find solutions in order to get the win. So if someone is faking an injury or pretending to be injured, it's a way to try to get into your head. So you have to put that as a strategy the same way as if some your opponent is losing and start to do serve and volley. You're not going to say that they cheated you because they changed their strategy. So is it a dispute? Is it a, is it a disputable strategy? Absolutely yes. And you're 100% right to say that it's kind of crappy. However, you cannot use that as an excuse to lose your mind. You have to become quite unemotional about it and understand that, okay, this is part of it. And I'm going to not let my ego and emotions get in the way. I understand. I see clearly what this person is trying to do. They are trying to disturb me. They're trying to get me out of the game by pretending injury, by, uh, by calling the medical timeout. It doesn't matter. I know that this is a strategy, what I'm going to do. So that's when you have to focus on your game plan. And this is the moment when you, you understand that, okay, this is what I have to do. What am I doing? How am I going to counter this? What am I up to? That's it. Then number three, you have to activate your body. You have to, it's like, because like I said, when you see that someone is injured, naturally you tend to lower your intensity. It's subconscious and it's something quite natural. However, in order to not lose the edge, you have to reactivate your body and to really like starting to, to be even more fired up than you usually are in a way to compensate. It's kind of a way to wake up your mind and your body. We all know that when, I mean, we all know, maybe we don't all know that, but a lot of things that, um, a lot of times sports psychologists or psychologists in general say that when you want to feel better. First of all, the thing that you have to do is that you have to change your physiology. You have to change your body language. You have to be more active. This is why when you go sometimes to the gym or you go for a run, you feel better because you are changing your body language. You are changing your physiology, the way your body is moving. And it has a positive impact on your mindset, on your brain, on your um, mental performance. So what you do is that you start to to feel more fired up and to to move. It can be like uh, uh, starting to to talking to yourself more in more positive manner and to move more between between points. And actually, going back to this Kashanov and Sinner game, when uh, I was watching from two all to six uh, six all in the fifth set. Karen Kashanov was actually quite negative in his body language. He started to, he was, you could tell that he was quite annoyed by what was going on. And, and Sina was quite an emotional. He was just really playing. He didn't, he, he was not pretending. Like, it was not like uh, holding his back or anything, but he started to be very emotional and it disturbed Kashanov. And so um, 
Kashanov was uh, starting to talk negative. He was, uh, you know, like talking to his box, like in his body language. It was quite negative. He, you could tell that he was very agitated. However, right before the tiebreak started in the fifth set, he completely changed his body language. It was so interesting to see because what he did is that although there is like 25 seconds, what he did is that he went, he started to jump and to do like butt kicks to, to really activate his body. Then he walked to a, to his towel. He took time to really wash his face. He, uh, he adjust, he adjusted his wristbands. It was very interesting to see. And then right before the point, he, he told himself, he, he spoke to himself. I guess he said something very positive and he was ready to go. Like I, I saw this, I said, oh, he made the switch right now. He was ready to go, ready to fight. It's like he, he chased and he, he raised all this negative talk, say, okay, now it's time to show up. And he broke on serve right away and ended up, he ended up winning the match. So that was, that physical shift was so important and he had a really big impact on his um, mental performance. So that's something that, again, you really want to do because it works. The, if you are... Uh, having your you slouching and your shoulders are out down there's no way that you can um, be positive and have a positive outcome but if you walk in a more decisive way and you're more resolute and showing your opponent that you know what i don't care whether you injured not crippled whatever i am going to come to fight i'm going to put on a fight and actually usually what it happens is that it really shows a message to your opponent that his or tactic to kind of mess with your mind is not working. And uh, that's something that you, you really want to do when you are in those type of situations, showing that, okay, I'm here to, I'm here to stay. And then number one, number four, sorry, <laughs> strategy that you want to use when you are in this type of situations is to regain the pace of the game. Again, what I mean by that is that sometimes when you play those, when you play against those players who are injured, whether it's really injured or, you know, wrongly injured pretending, there is something that you notice is that they start to rush to play. They are just, especially when they are serving, they start to rush. They start to like, okay, you know what, whatever, I'm just going to play. And they completely disturb the rhythm of the rhythm of the game. You don't have much time to think and, and you just like, you feel sometimes, um, tricked into the rhythm and then you get frustrated and that's when you start to lose your focus and strategy. And this is something that is, I think, intentional. It's a way to say, okay, you know what? Uh, I cannot maybe win the game or so I'm going to try to disturb my opponent by just rushing and like, I don't care playing, uh, uh, trying to win the point in two shots, whatever. And if you start to feel like that, if you, that's what um, the the strategy, the green light, red light strategy comes into play. This strategy was brought to me by my university coach when I was playing college tennis in the, in the US. It's something it was, the, the green light, red light strategy is something he was talking about a lot. 
and he actually it actually made a lot of sense to me and it's something that I'm still applying even in real life actually it's something that you can you can apply so basically I mean everyone knows that uh, when you're driving <laughs> when it's a green light you keep going and when it's the yellow light you start to slow down and act with caution and when it's red light you stop whether you drive or you don't know or you don't drive you know this law and I mean that's what you're supposed to do I mean some people don't do that but 95% of people they do that while in tennis it's exactly the same thing when you are in a position which your strategy is working what you're doing the way you play and you get a lot of points you are in the green light so you have to keep going when uh, you start to make one or two mistakes in a row nothing to be you know completely scared of there's no big deal but you want to start to act with more caution to correct yourself to re to resume back into the green light that's the yellow light when you start losing like a lot of points in a row or games and start to be frustrated with yourself and you start to not understanding what's going on and and your strategy becomes very blurry that's when you are in the red light and what you do in the red light you stop you pause how do you do that on tennis court well that's what Kashinov did and that's what you should do it's like taking time and I'm not taking talking about like taking three minutes between points you don't need that once you start practicing this at practice during practice matches you become more accustomed to this and you will do that naturally what I mean by this is okay when you see that someone like your opponent is doing this and trying to disrupt your rhythm by rushing you have the right to go back to your to your tower to take some time to regroup the red light means that you need to regroup and this is a really good strategy to apply to those players at, so at that point and say look I'm not ready because although uh, people say yeah but when it's the server the server has to, to you the returner has to go to the rhythm of the, the server I agree with that however when it's like people start to rush and they they just like um, rushing and playing like there there is um, such a limit that you can accept sometimes people really like go too far and you have the right to say okay look this person is like rushing the game and it's not tomorrow I'm gonna take my time because they also do that during the changeovers they just don't take time and they go back to the they they, they don't even drink and they just go back to the court ready to go I don't care I have 90 seconds and actually this is the, this is the perfect time when you want to take those 90 seconds to fully regroup to understand your strategy to know what you're doing good what you're doing right and it's a way to, to tell your opponent I don't give a damn what you're doing if you don't want to play if you don't want to be here hey you know what why don't you retire but until you come to the net and tell me hey I'm retiring I'm gonna act as business usual I'm not going to rush to make you happy. I am not going to go into your rhythm, into your pattern, because this is not why I'm here to do. I'm here to play my way. So for those fake injuries or, you know, those kind of things, I believe that this is something that is very important to do. You definitely need to 
understand what is going on. So you cannot just be victim of that uh, because it's part of the game. It's an ugly part of the game. I agree with you 100%. However, you cannot just say, oh, this person did this and I was not able to do it. It's not fair. You will see that a lot of things when you play will not be fair. So you have to apply the strategies in order to be able to continue to not only improve and and when you manage to do that you feel very proud of yourself because you're like okay you know that was a trap and now managed to do that again you have to let your ego out of the way and not starting to think that oh what if i lose to someone who's injured what if what if no you heal you play as long as the person is on the other side of the of the net that's an opponent and you have to play you have to focus on playing on what you have to do now I'm uh, I'm jumping to the what I call the real cheating. That's when your opponent is obviously uh, stealing balls, making you know the ball is on the line, they cut it out, or sometimes they even try to mess up with the score, and uh, you know, and it's a kind of a nightmare. Those people. This is more like for juniors tennis because I believe that after a certain point of time you have experience and you know how to deal with this. Like I sometimes find it very hard to to say when when people say, oh, "Okay, the the um, the person I lost because the person was cheating." I mean, it's okay when you are you know young, but when you grow up, even if it's true, I have to tell you this happened to me once where actually the chair umpire cheated the match. And it happened in, in 20, 25 years of playing tennis. This happened to me only once. Again, it was in the same place in Mallorca. I mean, I don't know. Something was wrong in the air there, I guess. But it was a very uh, crazy thing that happened when we won clay, but it was the, the clay was not so good. So you could not really see the marks. And the guy knew that. And he kept like, saying, hey, so what are you going to do? And kept like making like wrong calls. It was so bad that I didn't say anything at the end of the match. I lost 6-4 in the third. I was really disappointed, went went home, didn't even like say anything to the referee. And it was actually the girls who went there, which is very unusual to see this kind of support in women's tennis, but they actually went to say that, okay, this girl was cheated by the chair empire. That was really bad. And the guy, and the guy got, uh, didn't, I think, um, didn't sit on the chair after that. But again, I didn't even say anything. I didn't even mention it. I said, I lost. I didn't say it because I was cheated. It because I thought that, okay, I should have won earlier. And, um, and again, I think when you deal with those cheating, that number one thing is again, what I said before is part, it's a strategy. It's not one that I tolerate, but again, we have to understand that you're going to play against players who will come and start to cheat and will try to mess with you and get into your head. It happened to one of my players actually. Uh, and and it's kind of to me a way to admit that they cannot do anything else. For me, someone who, who's cheating is someone who is admitting that they cannot win another way. And I had a player who was uh, playing in, I think it was a ITF tournament. And uh, we had a strategy and she applied it beautifully in the first set. I mean, really, she, the girl didn't know what to do. She, she was just like getting, you know, she was getting her ass kicked. So she's starting to cheat. 
And she got into my player's opponent's head by doing that. And she was cheating. She was doing this whole thing. And then my player was at the end because she felt it wasn't fair. I mean, she was young, you know, so I can, I can give that to her. She was young, but she ended up like crying and telling me, yeah, but uh, Jennifer, she was cheating. I said, yes, I saw it, but it's nothing. You have to be tougher than this because, you know, she got the win now at the end of the day, because, because you let your emotions get the best of you. And again, that's what I'm saying. You have, you have to be unemotional about this. You have to be in a mindset in which you understand that, okay, it's part of the game. The moment you take this as a strategy and not as something unfair, you become more active. You're not victim of, of someone who's cheating. You are aware and you can, that, that person is cheating and is using that as a play to get into your head. So then it becomes, okay, a strategy thing and you know how to deal with different strategies. So again, I don't take this as an excuse. I lost because I, because the person was cheating. Even if it's true, you have to find a way. How do you do that? Number one, you can call the ref. Uh, it's always, it's always a thing that people tell you to do call the referee. I have to say that I have mixed, uh, <laughs> I have mixed uh, feelings about it in some, because in some cases, what these people do because they're aware of what they're doing. When the referees come is coming and stays for a while and watches the game, they tend to stop cheating because they don't want to be exposed. So they don't do those line calls and after a while the referee leaves and then again it starts. And then a lot of times the referee gets tired and like, okay, you know what? You guys, there's not much I can do unless I, I put someone on a chair. You guys have to trust each other, each other, which makes it even more frustrated. That's why I'm saying in the case where you don't have the ref or you don't have a chair empire who comes, you're on your own. So now you have to focus on your game plan. And your main objective needs to be you have to hit bigger targets. Because again, in those situations, they tend to cheat when the ball is on the line or very close to the line. You can win playing bigger targets. You don't need to hit the lines to win. And that must, that needs to be your main focus. I have to play bigger targets. And this is all you have to think about. You take some time to regroup. You are think about a game plan. How am I going to be that person and bigger targets? And that's it. And you focus on that. Every, it's like you have to block the rest. And what you see is that usually you, when you are focused on the game, you start to, you, you forget about the whole cheating stuff and you, you become more aware and more uh, capable of playing your best game again. Like I said before, positive body language is something that is very important again especially in those situations because again we know that the 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 idea of cheating is to get into your head it's for the person to say if i do that the person might lose it and i'm gonna get the win no 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 we're not gonna allow this so what do you do is that again you have to be fired up and showing that person that 
It is not going to work. How do you do that? By cheering yourself up, especially after you win a point, you really want to like cheer yourself up and show the opponent, you know what, the more you're going to try to do this, the more I'm going to be fired up, the more I'm going to like stick into your face and the more I'm going to, uh, to be motivated to get the win. And that is something that works. When you show your opponent that, you know what, you are trying to cheat me. Look, I'm going to play better. I'm going to kick your ass. Excuse my French. I'm going to really beat you bad. You're trying not with me. Try that with someone else. It doesn't work. You, the more you cheat, the better I'm going to play. The better I'm going to come. I'm going to destroy you because you are trying to cheat me. And that is something that works. I, I've seen that uh, in my personal experience. When I was playing girls who were like trying to cheat and I was like winning and starting to really look at in their face and, and like with my fist and say, you know what? Come on and to really like fire, be fired up. Usually what happens is that when they understand that this is not going to work, they give up. And actually they, because this is their last play. I mean, you have to be desperate to kind of, uh, to do that. And it starts to play games on them and they are the ones who are losing their game. And then you end up getting the win. So you don't want to be, again, a victim. You really want to be active in those situations by chewing yourself up, by, by really walking, showing that I'm going to fight. I'm here. The more you cheat, the more motivated I'm going to be. Last but not least, and this one is optional, I have to say, because it might work for some people, it might not work for some. And that's again, it appeals to whether you manage to be unemotional about it. If you can be unemotional about it, I also advise you to confront and shame your opponent. Because I've seen, I've seen, um, videos about that and people are telling you, okay, you have to ask them, are you sure? And then you walk closer to the net. That's nice. But to me, it doesn't work because if someone is cheating, I mean, of course you can make some mistakes and that happens. I mean, I'm sure I've made some, everyone, everyone is making mistakes, but when you know that this is conscious, asking the person, are you sure? It's not going to cut it. It's not going to work. You want to confront that person. And the one thing, one thing that I've used in the past and that always worked is that I have no problem walking to the net and asking and telling the person, well, when you're cheating, how you feel, do you feel good about yourself? Are you so desperate to win that you do anything? I mean, who, who's teaching you that? Is that your coach? Is it what you learn at practice? Or maybe your parents are telling you it's okay to, to, um, to cheat. And then, and then I don't, is then sometimes I even clap. Are you happy? Like, do you, do you feel better? Is it, is it, are you so desperate? And do you see where we are? Is like a small tournament. I mean, do you think that this is what is going to get you to like grand slam level? I have no shame shaming cheaters. And by doing that, I've, and, but I, and I can be really good at pretending that I'm angry when actually I'm laughing inside because I know that I'm shaming this person. And again, that's when you start to playing mind games yourself. It's like, a, it's a play also because you are showing the person that not only I know what you're doing, it doesn't work. And I'm going to call you on that, but I'm not just calling you on that. 
I'm calling you, I'm, I'm, I'm calling out, sorry, I'm calling out your coach or your parents because a lot of times the, you have the parents and coaches who are sitting there who know what's happening and they are allowing that. So they're responsible for that. They are responsible for that type of behavior. And a lot of times those kids, they are, they are cheating, not because they are bad people. They are cheating because they feel like they have to win no matter what, because the parents are putting pressure or the, the coaches are putting pressure. I mean, doesn't matter because of the external pressure, they feel like they have to do to, to, uh, to win no matter what, no matter how, which is not good. And a lot of time when you see, when you, you don't even need to like, talk to the parents directly. You don't even need to look at them because that can, you know, then become more, you know, something a mess. If you like have this, you talk to the player, but you are calling out the parents or coaches at the same time. A lot of time you see them have being very ashamed and whether they walk away and it's like you completely imbalancing everything. I've seen that. I've done that a lot of times and it works. Trust me. But again, that's a bonus. You don't have to do it if you cannot handle it. If you really know how to manage your emotion, yes, that's, that's more of something more advanced strategy. But if not, I recommend you to stick to the first three and to focus on yourself, on your game, and to really have a positive attitude about it. All right, guys, that's it for today. I, um, I hope that you enjoyed that episode. I, I really wanted to talk about this because I think it's something that comes a lot when you are, especially juniors or when you start playing on tour and you, you run into those uh, crazy situations with, uh, with people who are, like I said, ready to do anything to, to win. So there is a lot of things that you can, you can do in order to defuse the situation and to, to come on top. I hope you enjoyed this. Don't, uh, hesitate to, uh, email me or you know ask me questions on uh, instagram at the players launch podcast and um yeah until next time i mean follow uh follow us on social media download the episode tell your friends about it and uh enjoy the rest of the u.s open all right see you bye